Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a Lesson Companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Fall 2020 Living Word series entitled The Purpose and Plan of God and turning to Lesson Number 1 intended for September 6, 2020, Lesson Titled A Made-Up Heart. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look into the Word of God today and see what it can speak to our hearts and how we can apply it to our lives this week, if you want to go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter 1, you can put your finger there and hold that spot. Before we look into God's Word, though, just wanted to share something briefly with you. There's all kinds of diets out there from keto to Mediterranean to South Beach, Atkins, Weight Watchers. You can be vegetarian or vegan, gluten-free, low-carb, no-carb, all-carb. There are more diets, really, than, as one author said, more diets than Dairy Queen has blizzard combinations. Millions of people dive into the deep end of the diet pool every year to improve their health or slim their waistline. But as the book of Daniel opens, Daniel was not concerned with trimming down, losing weight. He was concerned about obeying God. God had given the children of Israel a diet plan in the Pentateuch. That would keep them healthy, especially while wandering through the wilderness. And Daniel must have stood out when he stood up for his faith. Daniel and his three Hebrew friends trusted God would take care of them. And although the servers feared for their lives, they brought only vegetables to these four faith-filled Hebrews. And at the end of the trial period, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah all fared better than the meat-eating Babylonians. Our tests of faith may not hinge on what we eat for dinner, but our faith is tested to show we are called to be separate from the world. We give the first tenth of our income to show we trust God. We speak differently to glorify God. We dress differently to honor God. We live holy because we serve a holy God. So when you are tempted to sit down and fit in, follow Daniel's lead and stand up to stand out. And you will find God will stand up for those who stand for him. Now let's look into God's Word together, turn to Daniel chapter 1, and let's find out how we can apply God's Word to our life. All right, so let's look in Daniel chapter 1, and let's read our text. We're going to look at Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 through 15. Verse 3 says, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel into the king's seat and of the princes. Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. 
Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. He gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Verse 8, this is our key verse today. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed you meat and drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved to them ten days. And verse 15, at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Again, our focus verse, chapter 1, verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And our focus thought for this passage here today is God has called us to separate ourselves unto him and be holy. This lesson title, A Made-Up Heart. Now we see in this passage that very choice young men had been gathered in the household here in the the kingdom of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, and he had made sure they all were going to eat the same diet, all eat the same food, because he wanted them all, in his mind, the healthiest they could be because their minds were healthy. They were, the Bible says, cunning in knowledge, understanding science. And so he had this plan for him, as the, the for these young men, an entire lifestyle, not only schooling and how they were to learn, how they were to act, how they were to live, but all the way down to the very food they ate. The king was determining all of this. So these first few verses, let's look at verses 3 through 7. I won't read them completely again, but kind of summarize. The master, Ashpenaz, the the master of all these young men, uh, the ones from Judah like Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and all the others. They, he was placed, Ashpenaz was placed over all these. And it talks, verse 4, about how um, good-looking these young men were, how favored they were, how knowledgeable, how smart they were. Um, and so the king begins to appoint them this, not only uh, for their their brains and their and and for the way they looked and and but all the way as I said down to what they ate the king gave them a daily provision this is what you're going to eat this is what you're going to drink and he was going to do this for three years that at the end of three years they'd stand before the king and all these men young men were ready and so and then we are introduced to Daniel Hananiah Mishael and Azariah that was their 
Hebrew names, yet we know them at least, we, we, we know Daniel by his name, although they changed his name to Belteshazzar. But we, we, we seem to hold on to Daniel's Hebrew name, yet the, the, the other three, we, we hold on to their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, uh, Meshach and Abednego. And so we find this, uh, the, these, these choice young men in, in the kingdom. And I want to, just thinking about this, it kind of struck me. So the question I want to ask here is, why does the enemy value those God values? Why does the enemy target those that God values? Here, the, the very ones God had gifted, this was the ones the enemy wanted. And I was thinking about that that the enemy loves to steal talent and ability that God has given people. You can see it in, I mean, how, how often do you, do you hear a singer who makes it really big in the secular world singing songs that don't glorify God, and yet they'll, they'll talk about their past, and they'll talk about how they grew up, and they grew up in church. They learned to sing, singing for God. And yet somehow in the midst of all that, the enemy was able to steal that talent and ability and use that for his kingdom instead of God's kingdom. I think we see it readily in the singing realm, but the enemy's always been this way. He's always targeted people God has blessed. He's always targeted people God has anointed. He's always targeted people God has valued and God has placed gifts and callings in. And you may not think you have the gifts and callings that that somebody else might have. But the reason the enemy is after you is because God values you. He's always been after those God values. You see, the enemy is, first of all, he either comes to steal, steal those gifts, steal those callings, and if he can steal them, he's got you. But if he can't steal them, then he's going to try to kill or destroy because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we're going to find out in this passage how God has come to give life and life more abundantly. So the enemy has always been into valuing those whom God values because he wants to steal talent, the ability to use it for his kingdom instead of letting them use it for God's kingdom. Verses 8 through 13, let's look at those. Verse 8 was our focus verse. That's where Daniel, that he had purposed in his heart that he wasn't, was not going to do something that was against his beliefs. You see, the, the meat that was going to be offered, that was, that was against the, the Jewish laws because that meat could have been offered to idols, and it was, it, it was, not, it was not pure, it was not, it was not right. And so Daniel had made up in his mind a while ago, before he even got into Babylon, that I'm not going to defile myself. I've got a calling on my life, God's hand is on my life, and I'm not, I, I, have, I have committed myself to live a particular way. And no pressure put on me by anybody is going to cause me to live differently. So Daniel purposed in his heart that he's not going to defile himself. But here's the, here's the thing, and here's the question that I want to ask. Why is it important to speak up on matters of personal devotion? You see, Daniel didn't just purpose in his heart that he wasn't going to defile himself, but Daniel spoke up. Daniel said, in, in my heart, this is my, this is my desire, this is my this is my." Uh, commitment to God. This is my devotion to God, but I can't just leave it in my heart. I've got to speak up. And so not only did he say, he purposed in his heart not to defile himself, but he went to the prince of the eunuchs. He went to the guy that was over it all. And he asked the prince to let them 
let them follow another eating plan. He asked them, and he wasn't going to. He wasn't just going to leave this thing in his heart. Say, "Oh, my commitment to God's in my heart. It doesn't affect me on the out." Yes, if we really have a commitment to God in our heart, we must protect our devotion to the Lord because what is what's in the heart will come out of the mouth. Holiness and devotion starts in the heart. Now, I think everybody agree with me on that. Holiness and devotion starts in the heart. But the op, the there's another side of that coin. It will come out. Holiness and devotion start in the heart, but it will come out. If you're truly devoted to the Lord, you won't be devoted to him just in your heart. That's where it starts, and that's where it's got to start. Because if Daniel didn't really purpose in his heart, but he just... He just spoke up and just decided to do his own thing. It doesn't last if it's not in the heart. So Daniel, the importance of speaking up on matters of personal devotion, if you really are committed and devoted to God inside, it's going to come out and you're going to have to speak up and stand, take a stand for that devotion, that holiness, that righteousness. You have to take a stand for it. So how did it all how did it all end? Of course, the prince of the eunuchs decided, okay, I know my it's my head on the line. If you, you know, I'm, I'm scared to kind of do this, Daniel, although I really like you because Daniel had found favor with this guy. He said, Daniel, I really like you. I really like you guys. And, and I, I, I want to believe you. But if, if, if you do this for the next 10 days and then um, it's my head on the line. If, 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 if you look worse than everybody else, it's my head on the line. It's my neck on the line. I disobeyed the king. But he consented and he said, okay. I'll give you 10 days. Probably thinking, you know, 10 days, what's that? A matter of three years. You know, if, if, if they do look bad after 10 days, I'll quickly, I'll tell them, no, you got to eat the king's meat, and I'll get them all back on track. So he gave them 10 days. But it says at the end of 10 days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which ate the portion of the king's meat. So here, here's the question. Why did the experiment work? And it wasn't really an experiment, but you know what I'm saying? Why, why did it work? I'll tell you why it worked. It's because God honors our commitment to him. When we stand up for what is true, we stand up for righteousness in the midst of unrighteousness. When we stand up for holiness and godliness in the midst of unholiness and ungodliness, God honors our commitment to him. So what can we do to apply this to our life this week? What can we do? First of all, we can dedicate ourselves to God, all of us, all of our talent, all of our ability. And I don't want you to talk yourself down and say, well, I don't have the talent of that person. I can't sing like that person or preach like that person. When you realize there's more in the kingdom of God than singing or preaching. You've got talent. You've got ability. That's why the enemy's been after you. That's why he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. It's because you've got the hand of God in your life. And so you need to dedicate yourself to God, all of you, this week. Let's, let's make this week a week of dedication. All of me, God, every part of me, on my mind, my soul, my heart, my, my strength, every part of me, I'm going to dedicate to you. Let that be your prayer and let that be your focus this week. Dedicate yourself, all of yourself to God. Number two, purpose in your heart. If there's something you're, 
that you haven't purposed in your heart, you haven't gotten down deep in your heart, this week, this is the week to do it. Purpose in your heart that you're not going to live unrighteously. Purpose in your heart. Make up in your heart. Have a made-up heart that you're going to live for God. You're going to live righteously this week. You're going to live holy, godly. You're going to live in a way that honors God, that stands out different from this world. Get it in your heart. Purpose in your heart. Then lastly, be faithful. Because God will honor our faithful commitment to Him. God will honor our commitment to Him. We don't have to we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We, if we commit ourselves to him, no matter what wickedness goes on around us, no matter what ungodliness goes on around us, no matter where our nation goes, our world goes, no matter what happens, God's going to honor your commitment. If you will purpose in your heart that you're not going to defile yourself, that you're, you're going to make up in your mind to live holy and godly, Because what's in the heart will come out. If there's holiness in the heart, holiness will come out of your mouth. Holiness will come out in your actions. Holiness will come out in your speech, in your your thinking. Holiness will come out in the words and the actions that you take. But also the opposite is true. If there is unholiness in your heart, it will come out in your words. It will come out in your actions. So we have to purpose in our heart. Dear Lord Jesus, so grateful that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. There are many of us, we feel as if we are Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We have been placed in an ungodly kingdom, in an ungodly world, in a world that is that their minds, their hearts, their lives, their lifestyles are turned completely against you. And we are trying to be holy and righteous in the midst of all that. That's why I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you for your spirit that lives inside of me. Lives inside of us. I'm so grateful for it. And I want that Holy Spirit to rule and reign in my life so that I will live holy and righteous. I want a purpose in my heart today, right now, to not defile myself, but to live holy and righteous before you so that your perfect will will be done in my life and in the world around me. And I want to have a made-up heart to serve you and live for you and honor you. Bless those listening today. I pray their commitment to you would be stronger than it's ever been. Beginning this week, they'll purpose in their heart to not defile themselves, but to live holy and righteous before you. Let our hearts be right. Let the actions and the words we speak with glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.